Hello and welcome to our podcast, Spilling Tea with the G's. I'm your host, Nick Galarakis, and I am joined by my brother, Steve Galarakis. We are delighted to be teaming up for what we expect to be a fun and insightful podcast season filled with people in the adolescent and young adult cancer community, or better known by the acronym AYA. The purpose of this season is to look at services and resources that might be forgotten by the AYA cancer community so people can learn more about what is out there that can help them live their life how they want to. Before I introduce this session's interviewee, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that we could not make this podcast possible without the amazing support from the following organizations, Bristol Myers Squibb, Genentech, Servier, and Walgreens. These organizations support our mission at the Stephen G. Cancer Foundation and Elephants in Tea to make sure no AYA faces cancer alone, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, or location. If you know someone at these organizations, please thank them for all that they do for our community. Now today's guest is Shiv Rao, founder and CEO of Abridge. Abridge is an amazing app that I know my brother and our family have used several times over the past year, more than a year. And it records your conversations and uses machine learning to highlight symptoms and medications and other areas that are talked about by your doctor during the recording. It makes things super easy to go back and reference what was talked about uh, since so many of us are deer in the headlights sometimes when talking with the doctor. And I know that this has also saved us in uh, some family arguments on what was actually said during Steve's visits, um, you know, being the, the baby of three and having two Greek parents, he's never right. So of course, we have to make sure that we go back and listen to the recording. And in fact, he is right. So Shiv talks about why he started a bridge, what a bridge is working on, and how they're really making a difference in the patients and understanding what was talked about at the doctor's office and understanding what needs to be done for their treatments to help live their life. So sit back, relax, plug those headphones in, and enjoy our interview with Shiv. So thanks again, Shiv, for joining Steve and I on our newest episode of Spilling Tea with the G, uh, with the G's, not just one G, there's two of us. <laughs> I don't think there's three of us, but he's there, not here not right Technically, now. there are three of us, but he's just not with us in the uh, podcast form. So let's get right into it, Shiv. And I think folks have heard us at Elephants, you talk about a bridge a lot, and we know personally why it's so important. And before we even get to that, and maybe even Steve talking a little bit about how he's been using a bridge to <laughs> close the gap on communications within our family, uh, we have, I know, Steve, one story that we'll specifically talk about. But Shiv, I think it'd be awesome if you'd be willing to kind of talk a little about why you started a bridge and the, you know, any sort of impact that was happening in your life on the importance of something like a bridge for patients, too. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to do that. And, and first of all, I'm super psyched to be with you guys today. Elephants and Tea is a huge inspiration for us, all of us at a bridge. What you're building is is incredible. And it's a, it's a, honestly, it's a privilege. In, in terms of, of a bridge, like the high level kind of mission of a bridge, um, before I kind of get into the origin stories mm-hmm. that all of us have in the company, but the, the high level mission is to really do two things for people, like to help people better understand their health and to help them better follow through on their health. And that kind of sounds like apple pie, like, you know, of course, everybody wants to do that. Um, but I think where we're slightly different is that our thesis 
is really that that healthcare, especially for the people you know who need the most help, um, who are going through the, the 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 heaviest things, that for them healthcare is the most important signals in healthcare are actually spoken. That healthcare is about conversations. It's it's about people. It's about relationships. And, you know, none of us, we don't, um, especially when we're going through something pretty deep, like we're not monologuing our healthcare journeys. Like we don't know all the answers. We're, we're meeting with people. We have all sorts of complicated care teams around us. But the core signal, the core way that we interact is via a conversation. And so what we're trying to do at a bridge is create technology that can help people re-listen to those conversations or help people like, and also better understand those conversations, better follow through on those conversations. So there's a lot of machine learning that takes place in terms of being able to structure summaries. Um, and increasingly the summaries that we create are first and foremost valuable to people and their families. But increasingly now we're threading that needle and making it more explicit how valuable those summaries can be also for the clinicians, for the professionals, because it takes two to create that healthcare narrative. And so we want to respect everybody um, who's a part of these journeys. So that's kind of like the really high level um, mission and, and vision for a bridge. Um, in terms of origin stories, I'd say like every single person in the company has like a, a a real, you know, a reason in their bones for why they're, you know, why they joined the company and, and why they're putting so much time into like building something that can be really useful for people. Even in terms of like my co-founder and I, um, both of us have our own kind of origin stories that gave us a lot of conviction to fully focus on this. And for him, um, it was a family member, a, a grandparent with breast cancer that really kind of pulled him in and, and helped him understand how much value that we could create with what seemingly sounds like an idea that should have existed a long time ago. For me, it's it's um, it's similar. It's also a family story. I can tell mine. So some years ago, about six, seven years ago, my wife and I found out about a rare disease in our family. And um, for us, it meant that we had to see genetic counselors. And I'm also a cardiologist, but that was my first experience being on the other side of the room, you know, as the family member and experiencing firsthand all that information asymmetry and all the power asymmetry. And it's no fault of any professionals. It's just kind of the system that we all kind of operate within in the healthcare industry. It's sort of designed all wonky and, and it's very misaligned. And so we go to professional after professional and professional. And I remember even, even as like an MD, like being totally overwhelmed with all of the details that were being shared with us, all the things that we needed to consider, we needed to do. And for us, it, after a lot of trials and tribulations, it ended up that we had to do three years, um, you know, a, a lot of IVF, basically, where you can choose a healthy embryo that doesn't have this genetic issue in order to have a healthy child. And that was super challenging. And I think it's, you know, it pales in comparison to, to what so many people are going through. So, but I just know that during those three years, I think one of the challenges that I experienced was that, um, and was that like, you never really knew what was going on. It was like such a struggle to understand what was going on. And it was such a struggle to understand the whole story. And I think one of the epiphanies though, was that we realized that the first question, I think millions of people and family members ask themselves every day after they see a healthcare professional is what did the doctor say? What did the nurse say? What are we supposed to do? Like that, that's just felt universal. Um, and I don't even think that it's necessarily just because those papers that they give us that are auto-generated by electronic medical records, that they're so useless. Um, I think it's actually because what we really want to, to, 
to to feel is is, is feel feel like we could replay that conversation, go back to those specific moments and re-listen because there's so much signal in how it was delivered. And so that's that's kind of where we start with the bridge um, is helping people kind of re-listen to those conversations so that they can better remember them. And then what our tech does in a privacy-preserving way is it, it can actually call attention, specific attention to important moments in those conversations so that you can really quickly jog to those parts and, and just selectively re-listen. And then it can go even beyond that. Um, now, increasingly, we can nudge you like uh, weeks later to re-listen to key moments where specific medications were prescribed so you can um, hear the the just the next steps, you know, the, the parts of the conversation that's going to help you really be the healthiest version of yourself, hopefully. So that's that's like kind of the really, really high level, um, but happy to go and, and into detail and unpack anything. No, I think that's wonderful. Thank you for the the mission, the background of, of your personal story. You know, it's 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 and everything you just said the fact that when you said people want to ask what did the doctor say to you right whether it's a parent asking a child or child asking a parent right that's always the first thing or friend and i know steve gets that asked i think every time he goes to the doctor or what what do they say what was this what was that and it's the never-ending game right and to be able to go back and refer to something is huge and we've all had those awesome pamphlets of paper that are printed out and you just go is this even relevant to me anymore? <laughs> That's a, yeah. So, uh, but just very cool. Very cool that, that you all took the initiative to realize that there is, you know, not just a space, but something that really truly helps not just the patient, but the clinician and the families as well to connect everybody. Thank you. Well, and so it's, uh, you know, it's more than a want, I would say it's truly a need, you know, as, yeah. as we talked about before uh, starting the interview was, you know, the mo- one of the most important things is being able to have control of that information that you, you know, that your doctors tell you, not only for just those to remember, but also for second opinions, for future information. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it really gives you that, that power to control and to remember, because I, you know, I, I can think of my first time when I was first diagnosed, as you kind of said, Shiv, you know, going through your, those three years of just being utterly overwhelmed. And, you know, I'm sure there are things you probably don't even remember that happened. And I just remember when I was first diagnosed when I was 15 years old, I remember laying in the bed being so overwhelmed by everything that was going on yeah. and all the drugs that I was on too. I mean, that's, that's the other part of this is, you know, you're probably being told these things, you know, as a cancer patient, if you're being, if you're brought through the ER, like I was, you know, you're in pain. And I remember just looking at my mom going, do I have cancer? Cause I just, I didn't recall, I didn't even recall the conversations cause I was just so fried. And so it would have been so nice to be able to go back and look at some of those things just to understand what had happened, um, at least from that perspective, you know. Uh, well, and we're all during the headlights, right? I, I oh, think that's yeah. the other thing, too, when especially the initial, I mean, it's tough to know sometimes, you know, what's out there from a technology like in a bridge until you actually get that diagnosis, right? And I think that <laughs> those are the conversations where you're just blank. You know, we, I remember Shiv when, when Steve and I and our other brother, Phil, the three of us finally sat down to like revisit some of the stuff that what we thought, you know, Steve had went through, what the doctor had said, or who was there on the, whatever diagnosis, whatever cancer Steve had, whether it was one, two, three, or four, we all had a different story of what was actually said. Um, I even, you know, talking with our parents, we both had different stories when Steve was told he had AML it was pretty wild of just an experience of we all thought we heard what we heard, but we all had a different reaction afterwards. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's how we're, we're wired as humans. Um, it's just like inherent to, to our natures. Like there, there's good research out of Dartmouth that people can forget up to 80% of what they've heard in a, in a medical conversation. And when you think about the United States alone, there's over 2 billion conversations that are happening every year between people and their doctors, nurses, care managers, and every social workers, everybody else on the care team. So people are potentially forgetting 80% of 2 billion conversations every year. And then all of us wonder, like, why aren't we doing better as, like, as, as, like, as, a, as, a, as a population? I remember in like during those three years, um, my wife and I, like I couldn't go to every single visit and we were doing IVF across the country when we went from Pittsburgh to Santa Monica to New York city. And my wife would come back and I'd ask her, what did the doctor say? What are we supposed to do? And so often she'd say she didn't know. And some portion of the time, I think it's because she honestly didn't remember in one ear out the other. Um, some portion of the time, I think they didn't tell her honestly. Like they didn't actually give her all of the information. Um, and then some portion of the time I realized she knew exactly what was going on, but it, it was kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts for her to have to repeat her story to every single family member who had text messaged her or, or me when she came home, like what, what happened? What are we supposed to do? And like, how could any of us expect her to repeat that story? Cause she already had to tell it to a thousand professionals in the hospital system. And now she's going to come home and have to do it again. It's, it's just really, really really hard. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting kind of challenge also because there's so much signal and Nick, you, you kind of alluded to this, that just will never be captured by anyone that was so vital and important to the, to us as people. And, and, and sometimes it's not necessarily like the moment where some follow-up appointment was scheduled. It was the moment where something was explained with a metaphor or something. Or, 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 you know, like a story, like those moments, I thought sometimes I think are the most profound. And, um, how do you go back to those? Well, you know, and, and this is, this leads to, uh, I'm assuming the story that Nick has wanted for me to tell for this, for this interview. There's always a few, but you know, I think we're going with the same one. Go on. I think we're going with the same one. So, you know, for those who, this is a moment when I would have loved to have had uh, a bridge and to be quite frank, I had heard about you guys at the time and I downloaded you the next day after the, after this happened. And we were, so this is October, 2019. I had just been diagnosed a few weeks earlier with my third and fourth cancer. And I was with my sarcoma surgeon discussing how they were going to operate on this uh, pleomorphic sarcoma, the soft tissue sarcoma that was in my back. Mm -hmm. And we're in the car ride home and it's me, my mom, and my dad, and we're on the phone with, was it you, Nick? Or is it Phil? Uh, it was me. It was me. So I'm the phone me. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Say, come on. And so I'm in the back seat and we're telling Nick what the, what they're going to have to do for the surgery. And, you know, I then say there's a possibility they're going to have to cut out one or two of my lowest ribs. And my dad goes, no, 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 no. That's, that's not, that's not what they said at all. And I'm like, yes, yes, that is what they said. And so we had this argument, but the point that Nick wants to hear. And not just an argument, it was an argument. You know okay. what I mean? Like it was, yeah, yeah. it was, rowdy. I was, well, well, it, yeah, it got to the point where I then for the first <laughs> time, probably other than maybe one or tw maybe one other moment in my life screamed at the top of my lungs to my father yeah. because he, <laughs> emotions were high. Emotions yeah. were high. And he made, the, I felt like the old man in the back of the car. And I felt like he was the little kid being a little smart ass. And he, uh, he mouthed. And I saw it in his, in his, uh, his mirror. 
he mouthed, no, no, he didn't. And I, so I just erupted <laughs> in the car. Uh, and, and the truth is, you know, that was a really stressful moment. And had we not been the family that we are, that might've been a lot worse than just my dad realizing, oh, he's really stressed out right now. The poor guy, you know? Um, and if I had been able to have the app, I could be like, Hey, no, 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 there's it's right here. This is what he said. And there would never have needed to be this argument. And, you know, cancer is so stressful. I mean, what you and your wife went through was so stressful. Any kind of health experience like this is traumatic and is emotional and stressful. And so being able to take away one of those stressors, the simple knowledge of what do we talk about today? You know, did we, did I get the questions answered that I wanted answered? Because I can tell you Every time I went to my oncologist when I was a pediatric patient and as an adult patient, there were multiple questions that I always forgot to ask. Or if I did ask them, I didn't recall the answer. Mm. And so once I downloaded the app, it really changed that because, well, wrong, I forget to use it sometimes, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. But there are but there are so many occasions where it's just been so nice to go, was it this dosing? Why am I taking this? Why are we changing things? Those The little minutiae that don't seem like a big deal in the moment, but when you get home, you're like, oh, it's a 10 minute difference or something. And those little things do make a huge difference. Yeah. And so that's why, I, you know, it's, it's, it's such a unique thing to be able to do, to go back and do that because I know, you know, I would try and write things down and, you know, the, the, my, you know, your memory when you're going through these things is terrible. So it's any way that you can reduce that stress of going through these experiences, I think is well worth it. And especially when it's something that it can be in a device that we all carry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you had to put this on a laptop, it'd have been like, you know, but on a phone, it's something we all carry with us. And almost all of us have with us at every moment of the day. Yeah. You absolutely. One of like the, when, when people send us emails um, or write reviews on like the app store or wherever, it's, it's interesting, like one of the phrases that pops out at almost at the top is peace of mind. And we try to understand, like, what does that mean to people? And when we've spoken to them, it, it feels like the one of the key unlocks is just agency, like that ability to, you know, download something and record something and know that you did this, you created this content, this is yours. And, you know, us as a company, if you delete, you've deleted. Like if you share, you share. Like your data is yours, and we try to do everything we can to to make that explicitly clear that you know you record your record when you're using a bridge. This isn't some like ads play. Like all that we do at the end of the day is we're, we're trying going to try and do everything we can to help you understand and follow through. And and hopefully there's a lot of value beyond just like the simple recorder on your phone to be able to do that. But as a doctor in the hospital, you know, in the hospital industry or whatever, when you're in clinic in hospitals, I feel like for the past five years, especially this one catchphrase, um, buzz, buzz phrase, patient engagement comes up all the time. And it's interesting, like when you ask the professional side, what do they mean by patient engagement? They never really mean like improving the patient experience. <laughs> like it, it, it feels like people don't really know what that means yet, actually. And I'm, I'm an optimist though. I feel like things are changing really, really quickly now. And I think that people are starting to understand that what it actually means is agency and control. Like that starting to democratize or level the playing field in terms of information is a win-win for everyone involved. 
And um, I think a bridge can be a key part of that story, we hope. Well, and and one thing that you know I feel like we should add for our listeners too is that, and you said it there, is that when you do record something on the app, you are able to share it with anybody. You know, you're able to send that to your family member. You don't, you, you don't have to just look back and dictate to them. You can literally send them the actual recording with the, you know, the, the printed out, you know, uh, language and they can read it themselves if you don't have, you know, and that, that ability to, as you said, democratize and level the playing field and have that true control is so important when you're trying to advocate for yourself. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I'm, I I should double check to make sure that this is still the case. But I think New Hampshire is the only state where people have a right to own their medical data. Like everywhere else, you don't actually own your data. Even though HIPAA is kind of all of our machine gun to wield to get access to it. Um, but oftentimes, when we're invoking HIPAA to get access to our record, we're on the phone for like four or five hours. Um, with someone in the basement of a hospital system. And then what they send us is like a CD-ROM from like 1997. And then we're like buying CD-ROM players to like figure out how to get access to this stuff. Or they like fax it to us. Faxing machines are still rampant in the industry. It's like mind-blowing. Oh, yes. um, and pagers. I've got a pager. So like... Do you really still have a pager? Oh, totally. Every time. Oh, yeah. Nick, they also have pagers. I, I yeah. keep forgetting that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's like doctors and drug dealers. I guess it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like at, at the end of the day, like being able to just download an app and then, you know, hit a button and then capture this information and then have hopefully the like the text starts to do a lot beyond the audio, like starts to really structure it and make it something like a real record that keeps track of your story. Your journey is is where how we're trying to differentiate from you know, all the other stuff out there. And, and just to kind of take it a step further, you know, where we talk a lot about the recording capability for the Abridge app, but is there anything else within the app that you think would be good for people to know about that helps I like the patient engagement side of things, right? How does it actually help the patient or even engage with the patient to make their lives a little bit easier when it comes to dealing with their health journey? Yeah, totally. The, I think from a product perspective, we, as a company, I think we try to make sure that all of our energy is spent on going deeper on the mission. So those two words are, you know, those, those two buckets of value, helping people better understand and helping people better follow through are, are really meaningful to us. So in terms of understanding, people re- use a bridge to record a conversation. What a bridge tries to do, and given that there's no humans in the loop because we think privacy is paramount, it's not going to be perfect. This is all tech. So it kind of, it's always improving, but um, it's not going to be perfect. But what it tries to do, and it does, we think, a really good job in doing is, is detecting all the medical terminology wherever it happens in a conversation, whether it's a diagnosis or a procedure or a medication. And then what you can do in the app is you can unpack what that word meant. So all that medical jargon in the conversation, whether it's a diagnosis or procedure or medication, you can kind of understand it, hopefully at a level that could meet any of us where we are. Like, oh, got it. That's what that means. Or like, that's what that diagnosis means. Um, We also link directly from medications to like discounts for medications via partnership we have with GoodRx. And that helped us. The way we thought about that was that it sort of helped 
it, it kind of fell under the follow through bucket because mm-hmm. anything that could help people better follow through in terms of the care plan, we're all about. And, and certainly like price is like a big reason why people have difficulty adhering sometimes. So that partnership was meaningful. And it's, I think it's an example of a whole bunch of other partnerships that we're putting together right now. In terms of follow through, there's a lot of um, really, really exciting stuff. A lot, some of it coming very soon in the, in the coming couple of months or a quarter where the tech already automatically understands where the next steps were in a conversation, wherever they happened. Let's just say the first thing um, that is said is like, I really think you should see a behavioral health specialist. And then in the middle, it's like, you need a CT scan. And at the end, it's like, I want to see you in six weeks. The tech is 80 to 90% accurate without any humans, like total, this is automation, uh, detecting those next steps and then starring them. And it's useful because if you filter by the starred moments, you're probably getting the gist of what you really care about, what you're supposed to do next. But what that also means is that the tech can nudge you with those, the audio from those moments, maybe in a week, maybe in two weeks, you'll get a notification and and it could say like, Hey, Nick, we want to remind you about a key moment from your conversation with your PCP. And when you open up the app, it'll selectively play. It'll say like, we think you were told to get uh, started a new medication called XYZ here. And we're not putting words in any professional's mouth. You tap play and you'll selectively hear those parts of the conversation. And then we want to go to that follow through level of helping you not just now better understand, but like, Hey, do you want, do you want us to remind you with your clinician's voice every day to take this medication? Um, can we help you via some partnership we have, you know, schedule that study, like all that stuff that makes it easier to, to do that project management um, is where we want to go next. That's awesome. The, it, again, it just makes the follow, like you said, the follow through so much easier. And even though I'm not the cancer patient, right, but those in the community, the AYAs, specifically adolescent young adults, the financial side is a burden. So for people to actually see the discounts when it comes to the, the drugs and everything, I think is crucial. Uh, I don't know, Steve, if you want to talk more about that from your own standpoint, but just in general, as a loved one and a sibling for someone, I think that's huge. And even for myself, if it wasn't cancer, I'm using it for, right? To actually just see what else is out there from uh, a discount standpoint is huge. And seeing, I have seen it personally that how it pulls out, you know, the symptoms that are talked about, the scans that are talked about, it, it is pretty phenomenal and easy. I think that's the ultimate thing, right? It's just easy. You don't have to listen to an hour long recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like my, um, my like PTSD from the healthcare industry is just like how bad, like almost all of the solutions are out there. It's like such a minority of, of, of technologies out there that really optimize for user experience, like at the top. And you can tell like a lot of these things were kind of sold to people who, who don't have tons of empathy for, for, for like a care journey that any of us might go through. But like, I think part of our experiment at a bridge is about what happens when you take like, you know, really great user experiences that we've seen like in consumer tech apps that we all like have grown to, you know, become accustomed to that had like a zero, you know, learning curve. What happens when you take that and you marry it to really, really rich and like heavy data, like healthcare data. And as long as you're protecting privacy and you have like that kind of a mindset, our, our, our thesis is that you can really start to unlock a lot of value at scale in a way that like a hospital patient portal can't. Because like they just weren't optimized for user experience. They were really optimized for checking off a box like that a hospital might have to meet some requirement. 
Very cool. Very cool. So this past year, COVID, right? Obviously, that's been a, a thing for everybody. But in overall, for a bridge, how has has that changed anything that you've been working on? Or, you know, how, how has COVID impacted you all from that standpoint for the patient engagement? Yeah, I think the the most profound thing I think it it opened our eyes up to is just that healthcare is really about conversations, and that signal is actually audio. And so with the spike in telemedicine, we figured out how to kind of integrate with telemedicine solutions and capture that signal. With all the phone calls that are never going to go away, um, we figured out how to also kind of seamlessly be a part of those conversations that could be actually initiated on the professional side. But we found a way to like kind of get pulled into those conversations and create those summaries. And what we've also, I think, more explicitly started to do recently is that we're making making it clear that the value on the patient side is, is everything we talked about, helping people understand and follow through. So those summaries like we create, but we're all, what we're also doing now is we're creating summaries that can help professionals as well, can help them save time, can help them keep track of the conversations they're having with patients because they usually have to document those. Um, we're just creating a way to kind of document them that's a little bit more person-centered. And I think that in and of itself is is valuable. Previously, I think, and what will never change is I think our positioning on the provider side is that this is an extension of like the best nurse or doctor's best intention to be there for their patient, even when they're not in front of them. And so like all that education, all those explanations that you know couldn't, you know, possibly be be captured by the person that that they're they're trying to help um a bridge is a way to like kind of create you know evergreen value that people can always come back to so we're excited about being able to make that more explicit and um, for all the different doctors out there now well and i think that's you know probably one of the most important things when it comes to any type of medical care but especially in the cancer and oncology world is you know as you put it best how could a nurse or doctor be expected to carry all this information for all of these different drugs and trials and, and treatments and things that people go through. So the fact that you can uh, minimize some of that time in between searching and finding out you know, answers to problems, you know, it gives them more time to do the things that, you know, they really need to be focusing on. And then as, you know, as we talked about earlier, it really lessens again, the stress on you because there's less time between not knowing things and being able to ask questions. Totally. Yeah. I remember in, in March of 2018, in my, my cardiology clinic, I saw this patient and she had a 10 year history of breast cancer and she was about to start chemotherapy that could affect her heart muscle. And so she needed my clearance. I was just like one stop, a uh, pit stop on her way. And she was super nervous and anxious, like crawling out of her skin, uncomfortable. And at the, at some point, I think towards the end of the encounter, I was like, I asked her if there was something I did or something I said, that made her so uncomfortable. And she told me that for the last 10 years, her husband had come to pretty much every single encounter with a doctor, except this one, he just couldn't make it. So I asked her, well, like, what does he do? That's not obvious. And she told me he sits in the corner, he's quiet, he just takes notes. And it was kind of mind blowing for me. And she told me that when you're going through something, like all the stuff we've been talking about, it's so hard to be present, to be in the moment and actually build a relationship, to think about questions, to engage, to be active. And you're worried that you're not capturing all of it. And him taking notes meant that she felt like she could be liberated. 
um, to be more present, knowing that they could go home and unpack those notes and almost rewrite them in words that they understood and couple it with all the information they would Google and then go to the next clinician and feel like the main characters of their story as opposed to someone looking from the outside. So everything that he did in the corner of the room, I think like to, to what you were getting at is like what the tech I think is, is built to do today. Um, but also a lot of what they did at home in terms of like researching the jargon and figuring out like unpacking what does all of this mean and trying to connect the dots and summarize the story and then and then follow through, whether that's like filling prescriptions or saving money, like that's where, where we, you know, a bridge can also um, start to play a really key role. Awesome. And I got to think too, that this is helping with just in general, the health literacy, right? How there is just a huge gap when it comes to some of the, the the language that doctors are using versus those that just aren't as highly educated or might not have a medical background or an understanding of some of the terminology. This, ha- that this has to be a big help from that standpoint, right? Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. So Shiv, anything else that the, the folks listening should uh, know about a bridge? I think the the like one of the key things is that this is something that everybody can download right now and and just give it a shot like download it and and treat it as a as a as a tool um and maybe even start to treat it like a toy at first like press the record button say a bunch of symptoms <laughs> like throw some jargon at it and and see how it does in terms of like actually capturing the audio but also transcribing those medical terminology and then like actually defining that medical terminology and then play around with the share button. I think our hope is that when people actually like experience it, they'll see how easy it is. And it's not some intimidating kind of like healthcare thing necessarily. It's a really, really, it's built to be easy and to meet everybody where they are. And, you know, our, our, our hope is that it doesn't add any new overhead, you know, to, right. to what people are already having to deal with when they're going through stuff. But this is something super easy that they can just like bring out into a conversation and know also that it's, it's, you know, bridges also for, for, for their professionals. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that we're doing for them to make those conversations easier too. And, you know, if, if I'll just share one last story here for me, um, the first time I ever used the app was I was in the hospital and I'd already had the conversation with the one doctor that I told you all about, but I was sitting there with the resident who was telling me things and he went through everything and I made him stop. I was like, wait, 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 we have to go back. I "I have to try this new thing. I have to try this right now. It's this thing called a bridge and it'll record the app and do exactly what, you know, you just described Shiv. Yeah. So we did it and he went back through everything and I expected it to, you know, to be this difficult thing. And then it was just like processing. And once it was done, it was all there and it was so wonderful and so easy. And since then I just, you know, it has helped a lot. So I just want to say thank you. Awesome. Like really another really, really quick story. Um, so when, when I was an intern, I, I went to Michigan for my, my residency, my first patient, like in training, um, in the wild, was like a happened to be like a university like um phd and she was like i walked into the room with that sort of new resident new md kind of like fresh meat (laughs) (laughs) and i probably like uh, probably like a lot of ego too like Mm -hmm. oh here i am i'm ready to like you're the cool new guy i'm the cool new guy i'm gonna drop some science and i like walk into the room 
And she starts quizzing me on whether she has multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2A or 2B, I think. Oh boy. And I'm like, what? Uh, like, and I remember feeling like she had flipped the script. Like I was the one with the deer in the headlights. Like I was the one on the back foot, like what's going on here. And I remember like processing, like, is this what it's going to be like? Because if so, nobody trained me, nobody prepared me for this, this world. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of how I reacted. Cause I think I, I was honest. I was like, I don't know. And I admitted that. And then we researched, I like opened up the computer and like, we looked, I went to um, this resource called up to date. And I like looked up the criteria and I shared it with her and I still added some value. I, I believe I added value just as much as she added value. And there was like this partnership vibe going on. And I think like, that's where we're, that's where we want to go. Like, that's where we want to be in a couple of years. Um, where our hope is that everybody's using a bridge, whether it's clinicians or patients, and it's a tool to just basically more effectively partner with each other and, and have better conversations. Cause we think that'll hopefully, um, improve outcomes over time. Awesome. What a great experience to have really on too in your career. You know, you, you not, not saying you got put in your place, but at the same yeah, time you yeah. realize real quick, like you, you just find out like, I don't know. And how many people would not have said that they may have tried to be like, well, it could be this or it could be that. It's just like, no, I don't know. Let's get together. Let's partner up on this and figure it out. Uh, that's huge. That's huge. So yeah. Let's shift. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Uh, and again, folks, if you want to learn more about a bridge, abridge.com. Uh, and of course, as, as Shiv mentioned, you can just download it right in the uh, app store that you have on your phone and play around with it. And uh, it's just an awesome tool. And uh, it is it is very easy to use. I must say the first time I, I used it, it was like, wait, it's literally just hit record and off it goes. So but, but seriously, though, Shiv, thank you so much for all that you all do for uh, the adolescent young adult cancer community. I know you guys are more than just that, but it, it really is a big impact on this community for sure. So thank you. No, thank you for what you're doing. It's, it's a privilege to be a part of it and super excited about our partnership moving forward. Awesome. Cool. Our thanks to Shiv Rao for joining us for today's episode. It was very insightful and always cool to hear the backstory of why someone started something to help others. I think that that uh, speaks to me in volumes and also just shows you that Shiv is not someone that's just creating an organization. He truly cares about the people that he's supporting. And that's why we asked him to be on here because we believe in a bridge. They've been a supporter of ours from day one, just about, which is just amazing on uh, the partnership that we've had with them, but truly we believe in what they're doing and their mission in supporting the AYA cancer community. So again, thank you, Shiv and the entire team at Abridge. Our next episode features our friend, Richard Whitmore, the director of storytelling from Hearts Need Art and super excited to have Richard on. So you will enjoy that episode for sure. He's very lively and has his own podcast as well. So the the words will flow. <laughs> so Richard does an awesome job almost interviewing us at times. So definitely going to want to listen to that one. It's a, it's a good one. Don't forget, gang, to like, share, subscribe to our podcast. So all of this helps us grow our reach so more people can feel less alone in facing cancer. Again, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that we cannot make this podcast possible without the amazing supporters from the following organizations. Bristol-Myers Squibb, Genentech, Servier and Walgreens. These organizations support our mission at the Stephen G. Cancer Foundation and Elephants and Tea 
to make sure no AYA faces cancer alone, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, or location. If you know someone at these organizations, please thank them for all that they do for our community. Have a great day, all. Toodles.